0: South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke, and uh, we are trying to overcome some technical issues here. We lost the stream right before the show started, but that's okay because although I'm going to say where people can listen if they're not, but it won't help them because they can't hear it. But we're we're live <laughs> on our on our guest's <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, we have uh, joining us tonight. We have Scott Porter here in the studio. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, I'm going to just mess around with the audio here a little bit too. So uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And it, it seems like it's been a while since we've all had a chance to sit around and talk paranormal, the three of us.
1: It's probably been years.
0: I mean, we talk about it kind of all the time, but we don't really get to really well, we get talk in, amongst in ourselves, yeah. It. yeah. Yeah.
1: We don't share it publicly, but here we are.
0: And the the interesting thing about what's been going on right now in the paranormal world is we're starting to see people getting back out there after most places have been closed. Uh, a lot of the places that have uh, allowed for investigation in years past, they're just starting to get their staffs back under them. They're just starting to open back up to the public. And uh, we're starting to hear some of these stories about what's been happening during the last couple of years with with not only activity happening to the people who are going back in there, but activity that's been going on during the past two years.
1: I think a lot of the places that, I mean, just like we all did, um, I know, especially, I mean, for an example, Christy at the Oliver House, she set up cameras um, for what everybody went through with the pandemic and everything else that, you know, restricted us from going and, and taking part. She set up her own personal cameras and she's been able to share some of what actually happens when nobody's at the house with everybody publicly on Facebook, which I think was a really cool idea to kind of break down that fourth wall of, hey, you have to pay to come and and hang out. It's like, you know, look, things do happen when nobody's around. You know, people aren't here, but, you know, the ghosts are still active.
0: In in a way, though, too, it's also good marketing for when you do want people to come and pay and buy tickets to to help with restoration efforts because...
1: Especially at a place like that.
0: And yeah, the Oliver Estate cameras have... Captured a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. Uh, so I I remember when I went back, when I was there in January, uh, the next day, the wooden bar over the over the cellar door coming down. And uh, just yes. the other day, there was one where they caught somebody, it sounded like somebody sneezed, and then somebody else said, bless you. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> there's always interesting we have stuff. We had that happen once. Yes, we have. We
1: were down in Virginia, yep. and I sneezed while we were doing an e- EVP uh just accidentally, I couldn't hold it in any longer, and um
2: played
0: it back.
1: We played it back and it very politely said, "Bless you." So,
0: I mean, there's no reason to think that ghosts wouldn't be polite. Well, no, there's a no reason. Sometimes
1: they're not. You know, it just depends. You're in their home. Right. You're yeah. in their space. But um, this if you're
2: antagonizing
0: it, them now, they'll yeah, definitely do that. Not
1: really but very kind.
0: Uh, the what I think is uh, is is some of the at least the reports that I've been hearing from folks that are out there is. It's almost like there's a no BS attitude with the ghosts now because they say <laughs> we, they say we've seen what it's like without you and we know what right. it's like with you and so it's kind of going to be our rules now going forward. The well, they, they've been locked down just
2: like we have. I mean, I
1: think so. They
2: haven't been they haven't been pulling that energy from the people coming in. So it's we like, had a long
1: talk about this during the pandemic, you and I, and <clears> I'm yeah. sure we dragged you into it, Tim, because I drag you into everything. But um, I think it changed the world in in the the outlook of the living, I should say. Um, but what if it did the same for the dead?
2: Well, I'm sure it did. I mean, I think that you, you have this, a lot of these places, they have this influx of people each and every day or each and every mm-hmm. weekend. And they're constantly... Keeping things going, keeping that energy up, whether it's good or bad. And then during this time, there's this big down period, and so now they've just been wandering around trying to figure out why is everybody gone, just like we are when we. Why go is first. it so quiet? Why is it so quiet? Why am I getting rest? Why they, is nobody antagonizing
0: me?
1: They might enjoy it.
0: They might have. I, I also would wonder though if there isn't some some level of they've seen how much control they have over the situation Mm -hmm. so it's it really if you're a ghost and nobody's talked to you for a hundred years and again who knows a hundred years could be a blink of an eye to them and doesn't really matter in the long run but if Mm -hmm. if nobody's come and talked to you for a hundred years you could be really excited to talk to everybody that walks through the door but when you realize that people are going to just keep coming through that door every weekend you can start to become a little bit more selective about who you want to talk to. This is true. This is
2: true. But you know what? Even even though that dynamic exists, you think about us. We were locked down, and we longed for that human interaction. Yep. We longed to be able to get back out and interact with actual people rather than interacting with a digital person. And so I think
0: maybe There's they, only
1: so much text messaging you can do.
0: This is true. Your fingers get tired. Oh, I kind of- I, I, I could have used a little bit longer <laughs> on my own- <laughs> I had to, I had to people way too soon. But I think that we're seeing now, though, that there will be more of a balance because I, we, you know, we as the living, we, you know, we always say, oh, we, you know, we start to Jones for going out there and investigating if we haven't done it for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. It's not just because it's, you know, going out there and spending a Saturday night doing this, it's because there is something that we get from that interaction and we get from that relationship that we crave. And I think we're starting to realize that like, like, we need to have a little bit more respect for what it is that we're getting out of it. So for everybody that wants to just run right out and and, and investigate for, you know, t- t- to be able to go live on social media with it or what it might be, what their reasoning might be, they're starting to realize like there's there's a little bit more of a human price to pay for that.
1: It's an interesting way of putting it. It is a human price to pay. Yeah,
0: well, I mean just, you know, there's there's something that you are leaving behind of yourself.
1: Right. As
3: right.
0: part of it. And and I don't think that we I don't think we understood that it, enough. I well I don't I think people took that for granted for a long time.
2: I think we you know, we go and we do these things and we we leave our, our energetic mark on the same location. So, you know, I think whenever you're there, you you're you're leaving a, like you said, you're leaving a piece of you behind. And who knows? Maybe one day that piece
0: of you may talk back for some reason. Well, th- that is a big part of what we why we do what we do, too, is I think we're we're putting ourselves into the story, mm-hmm. uh, whether, you know, whether intentionally or not. We're becoming part of the legend of the haunting of this particular location. And it, it it's something that we've talked about, especially during the pandemic, as people were out there creating more content. Yes. We started mm-hmm. to realize, hold on, wait a minute. The experiences <laughs> that we have are becoming part of those legends and it's different for you scott because you've been on these television shows so when people are talking about the things that have happened in a place naturally they're going to refer to what has happened on these televised investigations right but for like you know stephanie myself and 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 jill who uh Who had Claire the doll, like for us to discover, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, these are stories about things that happened to us that we might have talked about here on this show or, you know, somebody's written about on on a Reddit post or something. And now these are becoming stories that people are retelling. You know, we didn't we didn't realize just how public this information was. Well,
1: I became that person at Lizzie Borden's uh, during the investigation of the leg lifting um so for a long time like i became this story that everybody told which was so weird to me and i didn't, i mean we weren't really like in the mix of doing all these these crazy events at that time um but i know even stories that, from events that we've done mm-hmm. not even to do with tv we've become that story oh yeah um almost like a legend in its own right <laughs> at these locations
2: I, I think one that comes to my mind when we we're talking about that when we were at two rivers And we had a lot of people there who were with us. And and we started interacting and communicating with this entity that said their name. And I can't recall the name now to save my life. But after it was all over with, this was a name that neither one of us had heard the caretakers of of the location say anything about. So we took a break. We went back and spoke to them and said, hey, this name popped up. And she goes, oh, you heard from her. You normally don't hear from her except on the second floor, not on the main floor.
1: I thought that was cool. But the other one that I was thinking of was the Native American down in Virginia. Of course. And the the unfortunate thing that happens with these legends is people try to recreate what you've already made. Oh, yeah. And in that particular sense, this group actually contacted us afterward and said that they ran into our Native American spirit and it was demonic and it was awful and it chased them out of the house and it was like made up all this crazy stuff. And I, I was on the phone and I simply just said, like, that was a spirit that showed up for Scott because of his lineage. <laughs> and it wasn't evil. And but it wasn't to, out to hurt
0: people. <laughs> it, to be fair, though, is it possible that they encountered something different? But they're no. just they're just thinking in their mind that it's what happened Because that happens all the time. Yeah. Where people will have an encounter and they're going to, you know, we call it most famous ghost syndrome. Yes. Where... You know, if you go to a place where George Washington was, then mm-hmm. any spirit yeah. you encounter, you're going to think is 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 George Washington. I mean, it happens all the time at Lizzie Borden house mm-hmm. where, you know, we've questioned for years how many yes. times people have actually encountered the Bordens, you know, per se. But that in actuality, it's just something else and that that's what people's minds go to. Or maybe it's just what it says that it is. it is. It's, it's kind of like people that use the spirit boxes
2: and you're, you're at a location you've heard the stories and you're predisposition predispositioned to be listening for certain names or, or things well, that have happened
1: i i tried to break it down for people because everybody loves those trigger words mm-hmm. like paradolia and I'm like it's it's that of the ears like you're going yes. in expecting to hear certain trigger words and the minute that you you even make out just a little bit of what it could be you're uh, like yeah. boom that's it mm-hmm. when it's actually saying something completely different so it's always it's it's good to just go in with a clean slate whatever you come across is is okay it doesn't have to be this legend or this this history per se because we went down to a, a location and the owners wanted us like a hundred percent. We have to use this ledger book. We have to go off these names of this mm-hmm. ledger book. I'm like, no, <laughs> let's start from the ground up. How about the land? How about, you know, surrounding areas? Because we all know that it's not just the spirits of a particular location that come out to play. It could be somebody from three miles down the road. That's like, Hey, I want to make friends. I've been alone for a hundred years. Let me come down. And, um, you know, doing that extensive research that the three of us do all the time, no matter where we're going, um, is important because we got so many different layers of history that well, had nothing to do with what they asked us about.
2: If you go in there with, with that blank slate of mind and, and you're not listening for anything specific, you're just listening for what comes through, you learn something new. Yeah. And, and you learn history just like we did there that we didn't know. Right. We, we, we started getting these words that we thought weren't pertinent. But we thought we just did and encountered something that was very bad or inappropriate, or inappropriate. Everybody had a look at it? But come to find out, it was very pertinent and it
0: and it told a bigger story of the location, which was amazing. Yeah. See, and I'll I'll lean on you a little bit, Stephanie, for your expertise from the mediumship side of things. But we make this mistake because we still don't understand how hauntings work. Right. Uh, and and I use that term and you know in just in terms of any any ghostly activity. But since we still don't understand how it works we still are of the mindset of a location is haunted for a reason. And we start to look for all the factors that play into that. We, we haven't gotten to the point yet where we can accept and say, well, really any place could be haunted. Or, or if we're going to say that a place is haunted for a particular reason, why does that reason only have to affect the energies of whoever was in that particular location?
1: I just started this conversation with you the other day. <laughs> I'm sure it's ringing in your head right mm-hmm. now. When people because I won't single out anybody, any team, whatever. It doesn't matter. I was scrolling through my, my newsfeed on, on social media. And it said, hey, like, come investigate with us for X amount of money at this Paracon at the murder and killing house. <laughs> and I I said, how many more places are we going to label the murder? Oh, it was the murder, killing, or suicide house. Suicide. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to spend my money going to a place... like. Where it's the suicide house. That's
0: just not a that's just not a creative name.
1: No, okay. but...
0: It seems I, like you're taking advantage of a very sensitive situation. Correct.
1: Like, these were people at some point. We need to well, be respectful.
0: I mean, you know that when we've done things at Edaville, we refer to the house there as the suicide house. That's what the people who but visit there refer to it as. Mm-hmm.
1: Correct. Or the people that worked there called it that. So, okay, but we're not putting that on a flyer to sell tickets. To right. line our own pockets...
0: Well, I mean, I think we I think we did mention it in some of the <laughs> I think it was on the web page that talked about the event.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't like here's a picture of it. This is the only thing that we're doing. It's like we're going right. here, was, but it, there is yeah. a particular location that they And we, and also,
0: it was an existing story that people all already knew. Does that I mean, do you feel like the place you're talking about does is it, are they trying to make that the identity of the yes. place? Yeah. Whereas with us it was
1: it, it was disrespectful. I, I think so. I think a lot of those places, it's like, let's just do this because it must be haunted due to the fact that these things happen there. You and I have done events. Actually, you've done an event at this particular place, too, where a suicide did take place mm-hmm. on site and we didn't talk about it because it wasn't appropriate. Um, very, very recent, I guess, is the best way to put that. Um but I remember we went down to an event one time and people said to us, um, we were in the South, and they said, oh, you gotta come by this particular location that we go to all the time. And they were talking about investigating a 12-year-old's rape and murder. I was like, absolutely not. I, like, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm different, that's fine. I will be the only different one because I don't feel that that's appropriate. And it was very recent.
2: I, I, think, it, I think, too, it, it depends on the context. Like, if, if you're trying to investigate for a legitimate reason... That is, that is beneficial, not one of those that is just for entertainment purposes. Right. I think that's a, a, a delineation that you have to draw a line and say, okay, if it if it has purpose, that's one thing. But for entertainment, that's kind or of different. Or a
1: thrill-seeking thing, right. which is what a lot of these places are using the murder and suicide part for. It's just, it's a thrill-seeking thing to sell tickets, to line their pockets. Like what the three of us do is we pick these locations based on their history and what we can do to help give back to whatever society or people are in charge in order to restore and keep these places running. You know, we're not using those trigger words to sell tickets to people just to do whatever. You know, like a place like Gettysburg, we go, we've done obviously events where people have died but it's a huge part of history mm-hmm. it's far enough out where it's like okay like you know do these people have anything to say that's fine um, there's many different layers to history there but we're not using the fact that somebody was mentally disturbed to cash in
0: I mean I think any any investigation that we do especially if we are you know selling tickets to it it, it can be looked at by some folks as exploitative and we, we mm-hmm. have to yeah. just accept that right. and, and and say we understand why you feel that way we want you to understand that that's not the way that we approach it. And we can have that conversation with them if we want, but we also can't begrudge them feeling that way. Right. There's a difference between that and, you know, putting the the face of the victim on the event poster. And yeah. Yes. Like this is the place where this person, and, and actually to be fair, mm-hmm. most of the time when we're talking about something like, for example, the suicide house at Edaville, like we don't <laughs> know who it was. No. Mm-hmm. We don't even know that it's true. Right. right. It's, it's a, just legend. a Yeah. It's just something it's that's been told for years. Yeah. And we, we, we felt like we were okay (laughs) to bring that into the mix only because every year that we did it, we were told it's going to be torn down at the end of the season. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for like four years, you know, we kept talking about this place and for four years, they kept saying it's going to get torn down. Now it's for sale and and who knows what's going to happen with the park. So like how how old is that legend? Evil, the, the, the legend of the suicides. Yes. I think it goes back, I, I know people who worked there in the 90s that heard it, but I think the, the legend of the suicides goes back to the 70s. But it okay. was, back then it was that somebody's re, somebody lived there. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, who, it, it could have just been something people talked about because it it looks creepy sitting right. there in the dark, right. you know, at it's this like, park.
1: It's like your your typical hometown haunted house that you drive by, like that yeah. place is going to be haunted. And then like you hear this this story that's attached to it, but you there's nothing solid that proves that it, it actually happened. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't have that. Appearance, right? But it, it's just because for so so many times you would go there in the park, and it's dark, it's and like the lights are turned off in this house, house yeah. up
1: a hill, like all by itself, oh, like just yes. creepy.
0: The proverbial hill house. Yes. Yes. And and <laughs> at one time there were more houses around, but they, you know, the the houses didn't want to be part of the park as the park was expanding. Yep. And there was some stuff that happened in the '90s when it got sold, and some some other land became old. so. But anyway, the the bottom line and and. We should really bring you over there sometime at some point so you oh, could check God. it out cuz I think you'd love it. He's yeah. been to Edaville you, You've I've been to the park. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So but you haven't been there at night. went
1: on a Christmas train ride.
0: Yeah, but you have well, yeah. I guess that's at night. Yeah. But there's a difference between being there like when everything's Alone. all lit up, right? <laughs> yeah. And when it and when we've been there and yeah. nothing like is lit up.
1: Those dinosaurs in the dark the are terrifying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. And that dino land has so many things going on Ooh. in yeah. it in the dark like we were I not,
1: refused to go. We
0: had we had noises, we had people calling our names.
1: Mystery lights.
0: Yeah, it's it's very freaky yeah. out there. Aliens?
1: I I'm I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> it's it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. The the but looking at the way that some of these places are marketed now. Yep. Uh y- y- All right, so I don't want to bring any particular examples into play, but there's a place not that far from here that we could talk about (laughs) where it's become less about the history and more about the paranormal. Right. and A three-ring circus, if you will. I think that that's, that's cutting off a good portion of why people would be interested in going there in the first place. Like Mm -hmm. why don't people understand that the history is the most important part of what's going on. Right. Without the history of the location, you don't have the ghosts to go and talk about. Nobody wants to just go to a place because they're like, Oh, uh, the, this ghost Joe hangs out over at this place. They want to know who Joe is, why he's there, what what the story is behind how Joe became a ghost. They want to know why Joe is at that particular location. Like there's there's you need the story. We we need to fill in those gaps. I think
1: the three of us feel that way, but the more that I see out there, I don't think everybody else feels that way. I think people are just willing to go. Just for a thrill, half the time. So a lot of people ask us. Like, the, I think the most popular question that we get is, "Why don't we do an event at this place? Why don't we do an event at that place?" I don't want to go and do an event at a place that has their own events seven days a week, or every single weekend they have their own thing. So it's like we're not helping anybody in that manner. You know, you're you're overexposing or exploiting the spirits that are there. So the fact that you know we're going to come in on some random weekend where you have 72 other weekends already booked. I, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but you know sure. what
3: I mean? Yeah.
1: And, um, I mean, what for? Like, we're not going to get the same activity. We might not even get anything because these ghosts are just over it. And we're just lining the pockets of people. Like, I know it's a business, but I want to help the the little places that need the help well, that are nationally, you know, registered on a historic landmarks or, um, just really cool history that might be lost. I love that part.
2: Well, give people an experience that they haven't had before. You know, let them see a part of history they haven't been able to tour.
1: Like, when we were in Gettysburg and somebody was like, hey, we can get the Jenny Wade house, but it's only going to be at midnight. We were like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, let's go because Mm -hmm. we can help with that location. But at the same time, like, when are you ever going to be able to get in there? Because they're always doing historical tours. Right. They're not really open for investigations. We had a two-hour window and we took it.
0: See, I don't... I might have at one point, but I don't have a paranormal bucket list of places that I want to go and check. I mean, there's places that I would love to investigate. I
1: feel like 20 years ago I did.
0: I still do. There there are places that I'd love to investigate for the purpose of investigating, but it's not like... It isn't like I have to, to to do the Paranormal Investigation World Tour. I don't need to go to Waverly Hills. I don't yeah. right. need to go to no. Eastern no. State. Right. You but know. those are
1: the places I'm talking about. Right. Is like, yeah. you're, they're doing their own events. Right. You, they don't need our help. They have the resident ghosts. Right.
0: But some people feel like they, they want to go through and, and cycle through right. all those places. Right. And those peop- and I those places I don't care. Way. But
1: I feel like, okay, so you know, I mean, you've listened to me forever, but poor Tim's listened to me for longer. The, the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Mm-hmm. I would go down there and investigate anything because I'm also different so I can you know, hear different things or pick up on different things than most other people do or just intuitive feelings. So something like that, that would be on a paranormal bucket list right. for me. I want to go try to help and solve a mystery because that's just what I do.
0: I mean, when we got the call about the Amityville documentary, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> that, like originally we were told, well, you might be able, we might have you investigate the place where we're filming, which is like a mile down the road. And I was like, I don't care. That's close enough for yeah. me. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was like, I just get to go be in the town and drive by the place. I'm all in. I still right. see, I secretly
1: wish that somebody was filming us from the back seat the first night that we drove by, because we we're basically like like burglars in the dark, <laughs> like just sneaking around hoping we didn't get in trouble or get arrested for just driving and like parking in front of the house and and,
0: and when, when the dope that was driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, missed the turn to go down the road and went down the other road and then the dope that was driving Squealed. still geeked out over seeing the back end of the house There
1: was this high-pitched squeal from the driver's seat that actually made me jump and i was like what's wrong he's like <laughs> but,
2: but you know that's what makes it that's one of the parts that makes it interesting to us you know we have these places that we go to and we and we crave it we yeah. crave to get in there and, and have our own experience and I think that's what a lot of people do when they go to these events they want to have their own experience they see it on TV and then they have questions about all these TV shows right. like is that real right because that's that's the first question I get all the time was that real? And, and they want to experience it for themselves. They want to have that that thing that they can take home that's in their mind. They go back home. They tell all their friends, oh, my gosh, you won't believe this. And they're all their friends. Tell them you're crazy. You didn't see that. Right. But it, it kind of keeps the cycle going of people wanting to do the bucket list, the rotation.
1: The the average person that doesn't know where they fall on that fence of believing or not mm-hmm. will do anything for a small.
2: A small experience.
1: Yeah. Experience is the word I'm looking for. Yep. So when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, you end up in that thrill, thrill-seeking bucket. But when you start to learn, like, spirits can do all these different things and what you're actually communicating with and what's actual evidence and what's not. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this learning curve and then all of a sudden they, they crave more or they crave something new or they crave something different. It's, it's basically an addiction.
0: Well, and that's an interesting way to put it because if you look at why people investigate, they... And I don't mean what they'll tell you because obviously what they'll tell you sometimes is different than what they actually feel. Right. But there's a, a, variety, of, a variety of different draws that pull people yeah. into this. In some, it's because they want to have those questions answered for themselves about is there anything after death. For some, it's they want to have experiences that they've had themselves validated by having those experiences again and an expe- ex- expectation um a time that they're expecting it to happen as opposed to it just happening to them when they're not. And then I think part of it is you do have the people who are thrill seekers, who are looking for the adrenaline rush that comes with anticipatory fear. Mm -hmm. And then I think you've also got people that just are, you know, they're treasure hunters. They just want to encounter something Mm -hmm. because it would be an accomplishment for them to be able to have that. So you've got a lot of different variety of factors and what, what people aren't, cognizant of is that all of those rationales and reasons play into the energy of what's going on. Right. So you can go in there with the purest of intentions of how you're going to investigate, but somebody else coming in just looking to get freaked out Mm -hmm. is going to change the dynamic and the energy of that room. Or to test their ability to be able to control what comes into the room. Right. We've had that happen.
1: We've had a lot of things happen.
0: Uh, And I don't mean this by any... You know, I don't mean this to to insult anybody who's been to any of the investigations or no. events we put on. But the one thing that I, I kind of roll my eyes at internally is when somebody's like, "Well, I have abilities, and I'm I'm a psychic or I'm a medium, and I can pick up on these things." I'm like, "Okay, shh, keep that to yourself." Yeah, because you're going to impact the way that other people investigate, and we, we've seen it happen. It, it, it's a reason why. We would always, when Stephanie first started coming to the events that we would do, we would say, you can buy a reading during this portion of the event. And then after that, she is not a, a psychic medium anymore at that point. Right. Like then she's just a regular investigator like the rest of us because you get them come. People pull you over to the side and say, hey are you picking up anything around me right now? Because I've been having some activity. Like that's not what it's all about. And if you come in there and announce yourself as having those abilities, you're going to have people start doing the same thing, (laughs) which I think is why some of these people announce that they have abilities because they want that attention during these events. But I feel like you throw off the entire dynamic. And I was talking about, I was talking with somebody the other day about the strange experience that we had at Ventford Hall Mm -hmm. When we were there for the mass paracon a few years ago where, you know, somebody, and and I say all the time, you know, you're not going into a place and helping a spirit move on. But in this particular time, I think a spirit actually did move on Mm -hmm. uh, and and did it through a person. And I, that's a pure experience that never would have happened if somebody was in there trying to control the situation, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, trying to control the activity. It's weird. I
2: think the next time someone asks you if you're if if you're sensing anything around them yep. when you're not in that moment, you should look at them and say the odor of beef and cheese or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that would work. We yeah. can do that. I, I think mean, that would be fun. I I see people on TV all the time give like those those cold reading, you know, oh God, things. Yep. Yeah. Uh I I've, I've been seeing more and more of it oh. lately on some of the It's bad. So you yeah. could do you could do a warm reading. You could say I'm picking up There's a warmth coming off you. It's coming from your (laughs) hindquarters.
1: Oh,
3: my God. What are you
0: doing over here? Seems to be 98.6. eight point six. You're Taco Bell? You are ripping ass. (laughs) ass. Just just expose them. Just expose them right there.
1: I mean, it's funny because if people push me that far, most of the time people don't believe in this sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. they do that on purpose in order to see if you can tell them anything that would make them a believer. I had it happen to me recently on a, a podcast, and I laughed, and I was like, if we don't talk about this prior to going on air, then I don't do it. Like, right. I'm not a circus monkey. I've never been a circus monkey. I don't plan on growing a tail anytime soon.
0: We, I, I had her on my daytime show a couple weeks ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like, this is it. We're finally going to do readings on the air. We've never done it. And we started talking. We never even got to the point where we did. No. Because- no
1: we're going to have to try again, because I, I had so many people locally, like everywhere I go, tell me that they were listening, and they were hoping. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to do it.
0: But right. and, and I've never... I've never asked you for a reading. Mm-hmm. I've never asked you to, to to do any of that. But just you know, if <laughs> if for some reason Gilbert Gottfried pops in, just let me know.
1: I I absolutely will. Okay. But it was <laughs> I think we we did a reading. I want to say years ago, and we filmed it um, for a production company. We're talking probably a decade ago. Yeah. And Tim was like, whatever. Let's just sit down and do this, and like we'll send it to them.
0: We were not excited about this project. No, not at all. No.
1: And um, we did it. And when I started to do my thing, he like the look on his face just shut down. He was like, "Oh, crap."
0: So did it totally freak you out?
1: It, I don't think it freaked him out. He just wasn't expecting it. Well,
0: first of all, I wasn't <laughs> really expecting anything for this to be real. Right. Because yeah. like this this was not a good setup. Yeah. No. This was somebody <laughs> called me while I was at the gym and was like, "We want to build a TV show with like you and Stephanie." And I said, "Okay." all right, like, let's talk, like, what's the concept? Like, we don't know. Yeah. Whatever you think it should be. It was really weird. And I was like, well, are you going to come here and film? No, you're going to film a bunch of stuff and send it to us and we'll try to make sense out of what you send over, so don't worry. And like, it was very like, there was no this direction It was very at common all. at that time with production oh, companies. Okay, okay. And, and of course, you know, we never want to fake anything. Right. But at the same time, we're like, we can't force something to happen when you're giving us two days to do yeah. it. Right. So we just said, well, let's just go to a place and go
1: investigate. And, and
0: yeah. We'll investigate, but we'll also react to the history more mm-hmm. than we will. You know, any activity. If activity happens, great. But let's talk right. about, you know, just the place that we're at. And uh, and so I remember we had to go up into an attic. Yeah, it was horrible. And uh, <laughs> I, I, was it was I don't think there were stairs. I think it was a ladder. Was it? It was there? a
1: ladder that was scary. I remember that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so we're stuck up in this room and, like, I'm just expecting nothing's going to happen. And so stuff starts coming through and I'm just like, wait, what? Like, we're really having a connection here? Because it just, it felt like, you know, it was not the kind of night where anything was going to happen. Right.
1: No, and it was, like, personal and, like, got to the point where, like, we... we can't go further because we don't want this on.
0: Right, you don't want it on air. Yeah, yeah. It
1: was weird.
2: thought
0: something to share.
1: <clears throat> it was really weird.
0: And it was personal information that you, you definitely had no knowledge of. I had to kind right. of go back and explain why it was. Yep. And it was kind of the first time I'd ever talked about it to anybody. Right. So yeah. it was. Uh, it was definitely not what was expected. You know, we were just we were just basically doing like a whole bunch of like run the spirit box. The we uh, using Echo Vox. Right. It was v- very early days of using <laughs> Echo Vox. Uh, yeah, Echovox
1: was probably like brand new at that 1.
0: time. 1.0, right? Yeah. And, and it was just a matter of like... <laughs> it okay, might have been like beta. Beta. Like when something comes through, just say, oh my God, did you hear that? And like, we'll give them that and then they'll see how we would react if there was actually something that we had heard. Right. But there's nothing there.
1: I remember the the other person that was working on the project that had abilities um, faked their way through everything. So when I had to film with Moni, I just blurted out a bunch of stuff and he was like, yeah, yeah, like going through the whole thing and you had to stop. He goes wait a minute. What did you just say? Cause I was, I'm like, I can't fake. I do not fake what I do. So it was down when we were at his house on the water mm-hmm. or the house next door. I think that, um, Matt ended up moving into, but I, he had to stop me and like make me repeat everything that I said. Cause he realized that I was actually picking up on a childhood friend of his. Oh, wow. And he was like, oh my God. And like had to stop everything. And I, I think that's probably what ended my friendship with the
0: other person. See, even when we're supposed to try to like Fake things, for lack of a better it. term. You can't. Like we we couldn't. Like real right. stuff happened. Uh and any and granted, again, we would never do that.
1: No. Ever. I was like, I'm not killing but they, my career. Before. They gave no. us
0: two days to give them something and we're like, eh, let's try it.
1: I think our biggest challenge was scrambling for locations in two right. days. Right. We had nothing. We had no idea like where we were gonna go, oh, wow. what we were gonna do. Um
0: like, And the only reason that we were Normally like something like this would come up And be like yeah no that's not enough time We're not interested But this was somebody who said we They wanted to put Spooky South Coast on TV Yeah Gotcha So it was going to be like comic book men Where like the show was built around the show And we're like well that's good for the radio show Yeah like, Who cares yeah. about what happens on the investigation
1: I mean needless to say It turned into them dropping that And like wanting to develop some show with me And I was just like yeah no I'm good It like, got
2: super creepy It was, su- oh, yeah. it was
1: so so bizarre
2: yeah, there's some, there's some strange ones out there, that's for sure. There are some strange ones. But, you know, it's funny, though, because you go to the places and you do stuff like that that you've never been to, not expecting something to happen. And usually that's when something
0: phenomenal does happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I would love to go back to the building that we went to and yeah. do an actual investigation, but yeah. it was just a matter of, you know, just squeezing it in there. And when I say, by the way, when mm-hmm. I say things turn creepy, I don't mean paranormally. I mean, right. like, producers were calling me being like, so, Stephanie, she's really hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be like, well, yeah. I don't, kn- I mean, you're watching the footage, what do you think? Right, right. You know? like They're like, we
2: have uh, another show idea for ba- you.
0: Basically, my, my <laughs> appro- my, the whole question I want to know is, why are you calling, you should be telling me how hot I am if you're calling no me. No kidding.
1: I feel like poor Tim has heard that so many times that he just is now annoyed by it. It's like when people just call your brother <laughs> and like, want to say stuff like that.
0: She really, uh, she really overestimates how much people talk about her. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, because you're me. I don't, like, I don't, oh. he's like.
1: You're like, how'd your night go? You're like, I just was surrounded by a bunch of women that couldn't stop talking about you. And I was like, I'm sorry I ruined your night. I apologize. Right,
0: <laughs> and, and it happens quite often. But I'm sure, I'm sure she has to deal with it all the time with women talking about me. Too. I am so. sure of it. I, I mean, I deal with that all the time.
1: I deal with women being jealous about our friendship
0: well hey there's that uh, I don't have I don't I can have, tell you
1: about that all the time I'm like this chick over here is like, I don't
0: make friends with other people so everybody's gonna be jealous of our friendship <laughs> there you go. I don't right. I don't want any more friends uh, I had
1: to squeeze my way in to be honest
0: so <laughs> it's just it's a
1: I grew on him
0: it's a door I don't open very often <laughs> right you you two open the door but you know it's pretty much closed after that so <laughs> but we will uh we're gonna continue talking on we got about five minutes here until we go into the news but I want to continue talking on about the, the role of his history in the paranormal because uh, it's just been on my mind so much lately uh, seeing, first of all, like this glut of paranormal events that are being put on Mm -hmm. and it's being used. The paranormal is being used in a great way to help so many of these places like come back from lost revenue during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. lost membership in some of these places. Uh, Just, I won't say out loud, but one of the places that we worked with frequently over the years, I reached out to them to say... We would love to come in and do an event for you and help you put some money in the bank. And the response was, we would love to have you, except for the fact that, you know, we need to approve that at a board meeting. And I can't even get enough people to come out of their house to come be part of the board meeting. Because some folks had passed away during the last two years. Mm -hmm. Some folks still aren't comfortable leaving their homes because of their own health issues, but also just because, like, there's been a lack of interest from people too Mm -hmm. that they've been pulled in other directions. So it's getting harder to, to find these things. And then, you know, you're also seeing, then at the same time, there's gonna be people who take advantage of the interest level and are starting to force their way into things. So it's, you need to be more discerning than ever. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, we have, tickets for sale for events coming up, but, uh, you know, but also because like look and see who has a history and a track record of doing things and what places have a history and track record of doing things too, because you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in a situation where you are handing over money that will help and go to restore these places. Right. I mean, everybody wants to do the right thing, but you know, I think a lot of folks don't really know where their dollars go. When they right. contribute, when they yeah. pay the, like, for example, you know, we, we've got the Wayside In coming up in a couple of weeks and people are like, why are the tickets so expensive? Well, because most of that's going to your amazing dinner that you're going to have. Right. Right. You know, you would have paid the same thing just to go to the same. That food and also is delicious. Got to rent the whole place out. And to rent the whole place out, that means if you don't rent all the rooms, I'm on the hook for paying for those rooms. So, right. you know, we've got to have that balance. But I think that there's so many places that want to jump on the paranormal bandwagon and they don't know how to get started with it. I mean, just take a look at what Christy's done and right. you know, the fact that she's now expanding to other places. There's many places that would love to have somebody do that for them, but they don't know the right people to call. It's almost like we need to set up a paranormal consultancy service where not about like how to help you get an investigation, but just how to help you know which people to let into your, <laughs> into your buildings. No kidding.
1: Right. If they have an arrest record, probably not the best option.
0: I think it would be a fair thing to ask for quarry yeah. checks. Right. I think that I think would so. be a fair thing to ask and you would save a lot of headaches because we've dealt with it over the years. Yeah. We've had people that have bought tickets to our events mm-hmm. who have been people that would, if we had known, we would have said, I'm sorry, we can't sell a ticket to you because I can't put you alone in the dark with a woman. Right. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: Or even like there's, there's event companies whose owners have felony records. Yeah. That are like real serious.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean,
1: people are lining the pockets of those people all the time, and it's like you have no idea the type of people you're working with.
0: It's hard, you know, from a business perspective, because you really can't turn people away based on things, you know, like. But at the same time, like every paranormal group should be doing the same thing. Right, it should be. You yes. should definitely be doing a background check of anybody that joins you. All right, well, we are going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue talking about these issues. Uh, we'll also take your phone calls at 508-996-0500. Hopefully, at the top of the hour, the stream will reset. We'll kick on, on the WBSM stream. I don't know what happened there. I think it was something that I did, which would not surprise me. Uh, you would think that being here every day now doing a show would teach me how to like fix things uh, on the fly. But I don't know what happened. It could have just also been coincidence. Uh, but when we come back... If you if you do have questions and you don't want to call in because we are going to be talking about some controversial stuff, you can always send them in via email, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and uh, we can read them anonymously on the air. And also, thank you to the person that emailed us uh, the other day and wanted to send a personal experience, we do read the emails. We may not always bring them up on air because sometimes it might be too personal and it might not be appropriate, uh, but we do appreciate them and we do read them all. So well, you can always feel free to send us that email, Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And if you have never heard the show before, if you want to check out all of our past episodes, we're up to like 640 something, I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they are all available for you for free wherever podcasts are found. We'll take a break for the news and then back with more Spooky South Coast. number two of spooky south coast tim weisberg here along with psychic medium stephanie burke and our in-studio guest this week is scott porter you know him from ghost asylum from haunted towns and from all the great stuff he and stephanie do together uh you're on real pretty popular and uh of course people just love following you on social media anyway because who knows what you two are going to be up to next it's kind of true wait i think you're on two not four Let's see. There we there, go. There we go. go. Down back. See, that none back. of the none of the numbers actually correspond with where right. they should be like laid out like that. It should be one, two, two three, yeah. four. Yeah. But no, it doesn't no. work that way. That's no. uh, all right. At least the microphones are working. I may have broken the stream, but at least I didn't break the microphones. <laughs> uh and also I just want to make a quick shout out. Now, that theme song is the former theme song to Midnight Society. It had to get replaced. Uh that's from our friends under the question, but it had to get replaced when we completely redid everything with music by the rentals on that show next week for record store day i'm so excited about this i have my own soundtrack album coming out it's true like legitimately like it's the soundtrack to midnight society it's the new album by the rentals so you know the rentals you if you've ever seen the uh you know weezer back in the 90s the bass player matt sharp he started a group called The Rentals. They had a hit song called Friends of P. And uh, now they have, which is, you know, a song about uh, a psychic reading. Yep. And then, uh, you know, we we were able to get some music from Matt Sharp when he came on my Midnight Society show. Uh, he donated some of his remixes to us to use as the music for the show. And then about a, almost like a year ago, I think it was, he reached out and said, hey, maybe maybe about eight months or so, he reached out and said, hey, I have to, you know, I'm going to write another album. and I'd like to make it the soundtrack for your show. I'm going to write all like orchestral type music for your show. Ooh. And he named them all based on like Michelle and I helped come up with the names for the songs. They're all named after like famous paranormal case locations. Ooh. That's cool. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. There's even one called Bridgewater. So I was sworn to secrecy and not allowed to play any of that music for anybody, but I'll play it for you guys after the show. There we go. I won't tell. It's, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's close (laughs) enough now that it's okay. Uh, And eventually it'll become the new music on, on Midnight Society too. But anyway, uh, and also I just want to, you know, have a little moment of recognition here uh, for the passing of Gilbert Gottfried, former Spooky South Coast guest. Yes. People, people forget that, but we had him here on the show a couple of years ago and of course meant a lot to me. Uh, it's it's weird. I've never had a celebrity death like affect me like this one has, and I've never had people come in and offer me condolences really? when a celebrity died. But everybody in the building, like as soon as word spread around, because they you know they they put out a, a an alert on our company wide email, and that they had an article about it. And Everybody was just coming over to my office like Tim. I'm sorry, I know that you kind of knew him and I know that you were kind of friendly with him. And <laughs> there's you know, there's photos yeah. on the wall of me and him together, and there so is. I can yeah. see it from yep. where
1: I'm sitting. So,
0: but um, yeah, so it, it's very, very sad, but also, you know, I didn't realize that he was as sick as he was, so nobody really knew, right? That right. He was as sick as he was, but anyway, moving on, uh, we were talking about. History and the paranormal, we're talking about the role that the paranormal has to play in keeping that history alive and also the respect level that has to go on. And we kind of touched upon this a little bit. And by the way, 508 996 if you want to get involved in the discussion, but we touched upon a little bit about how it's become more about the ghosts than it has become about the history itself. And do you feel, I'll, I'll you know, I'd like both of you to address this. Do you feel that there has become a separation between who the ghosts are now and the actual people that they were in history? So have they removed the humanity a bit from the, from the ghostly
2: activity? I think in many cases, that's the that's direction it's going. Because when people go in there, they're looking for that experience. They're not looking to make the connection with the history. And it's one of the biggest things I've always pushed is that with without the history, you don't have the ghosts. Because that's where the story comes from. That's where those names that we always hear and associate come from. Those are people who lived and left their mark on the history of that location. But I think people, people have... Over the years, have gotten away from that. They want they want that personal experience, like we talked about earlier. They're looking more for that validation of something they hear other people talk about. So they go for the experience rather than to learn about the history.
1: I think the way that people view um, spirits at these locations is the exact same way that people have treated us or actual you know A list celebrities when it comes to a TMZ article. It's like the the human aspect is just removed, and you're just an object. Yeah. And and it's something to focus on and it's something to focus around. And you just kind of do what you want to do. You say what you want to say and then you leave not really understanding how it affects the person or whether that be a spirit or an A-list celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to, at least our approach, and I know like myself before I even met you, once I met you, it kind of meshed together and it, it became something completely different or it grew from there, but I would go in and want to know, Hey, who do I see here? Who is it? What do they look like? Be able to, I know Tim, you've been with me many a times as have you, Scott, where I'll walk in and I'll describe somebody and I can see them standing there and somebody will show me a picture and be like, is this who you saw? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've had a whole lineup before and be like, no, no, no. Yes. Um, I can tell you what they're telling me about themselves. And sometimes I'm lucky enough to where they tell me something that is correcting a historical record or it's adding to a historical record and they're able to prove it after the fact. Like, that's what I love to do is to be able to tell the story of those that are no longer able to do so. I'm the voice for them because they no longer have one. And to see them exploited in the way that they are just for thrill seeking or cash, I don't understand it.
0: Well, let's go down that road a little bit, though, because... You said things that you can present to people that is that are then, you know, verified and, and researched yep. and, and, and proven to be true. But also I think that you have an understanding of this that for some people, whatever information you give them until they can verify it. They're not going to put much stock in it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the case Lizzie Borden, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, for how many years did we hear that psychics and mediums have come forward and given us this information and there's been no proof of that information, but yet it becomes part of the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are some people who it rubs them the wrong way for you to come at them with information that they can't verify. And then so they're like, well, we're not going to take this into account.
1: I think I've been pretty lucky in all the aspects that I've worked where they're seeking that sort of thing. Um, they're able to, I work with a lot of historians or whether it's a historical society or a museum or something of that sort where people actually value the history and they're able to, you know, dig deeper into a particular piece of information that I give them in order to um, add to the story or figure out, you know, what's going on there.
0: And so, it, And it shouldn't be a brick wall either. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a new avenue for them to pursue that they right. might not have pursued before. Um, granted, you know, with some, some places you're probably going to be limited in how much information you can really gather too. There's there's just the nature of record keeping Mm -hmm. of the past. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to at least keep whatever information you get as part of the story. You may not Mm -hmm. have to say, you can say it's unverified, but it still should become part of the story that's being told. You know, that reminds me, um, when we were filming, um, haunted towns.
2: <clears throat> we were out in virginia city and we were we were doing uh, we were filming in, inside of a barn and um there were some old carriages in there and they had some of them had glass in them some didn't and um there was one that uh, i turned around and i saw somebody in the glass in the carriage and at first i thought it was one of our producers or our cameraman or somebody like that cuz they'll hide anywhere yeah, they'll hide anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You you never know. You'll it's like I, an Easter egg. They've scared me more than the paranormal mm-hmm. has ever scared me. Uh, let let yourself walk around a corner and find like peoples in a closet with the sound bag, the audio <laughs> bag glowing on his face. That'll scare you to death. Uh, no offense, peoples, if you ever hear this. Um, but um, when we were there, and I looked, I saw this face, and and I described it to our producer, and I said, "Listen, let's let's get a." A lineup, and I can't remember the name of the group of lawmen that it was. I said, let's get a lineup of these guys that were here in this building that we're meeting. Let me look at them blindly and 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 kind of, I'll describe to you who I'm talking about first, and then I'll point out and see if there's one that really stands out that seems to be that person. We never did get to do that while we were there, but much later, I was back in Nashville at a bookstore with my son. He was on to look at some books. And I saw a, uh, a, a history book about west the history of the west and it happened to have on the front cover it had a little blurb about that um yeah the plumber gang but it was um who was it that the um uh, oh the, vig- the, the vigilantes, the vigilantes that's what they were the vigilantes and so i saw on the front cover of that book it said something about the vigilantes and i thought hey that might be the same ones and i opened it up and i'm flipping through it and they had a few pictures in there and one of the pictures that was in there was exactly like the guy that I saw. I was like, it just, it sent chills up my spine when I saw it. I'm like, that's the one that I saw in the carriage. So it's interesting that, that. and what people don't realize is there's a lot of things that happen on these shows that never make it to air and never get discussed that are like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they're legit. They're in, and it would be difficult to legitimize a a personal interaction unless you were able to describe it completely before finding that validation. Um, but I thought that was really cool. It was a cool experience for me. Something
1: like that too is tough because you could describe this person that you see and then they can still go get you a lineup of pictures. You can be like, this is the one half the people are going to believe it. And the other half are going to think it's staged because they weren't there. Correct. That's a tough thing with personal experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's true, it's just I think there's so many people that have ruined that.
2: Right, and, and um, you deal with that more than I do. And then
1: you have you know different cultures, different uh, belief systems, different religious beliefs that are gonna come into play with people you know accepting or understanding. Right. How many people have we met that have actually said? I, I want to have an experience, but I'm X amount years old and I've never had an experience. And it's because they haven't been introduced to what an experience actually is. Right. It's not going to be something that always knocks your socks off and scares the hell out of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It could be something simple. So
0: it, it, and also when people want to have the experience, they will turn anything into an experience, Yes. yes. which, you know, I, I, I I try to be careful of that. You know, it's a a bit of a double-edged sword sometimes when you're on an investigation because if you you tune into something that happens that may not really be anything, it can heighten your awareness of what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you also have to be able to kind of put it in perspective. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just for example, if we're on a ticketed event where people have paid to get in there and they want there, you know, I know that they are looking to say, I had an experience for the money that I plucked down to come here, but I still try to make sure that they're aware of, if something goes up, like, all right, there's this noise. Okay, well that could be this. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And, and people get disappointed when you do that, but you, you have to because you ha- you want the experience right. that they do have to be as pure as it can be. Like, no, no, right. I, was gonna
2: say, I tell people you're not paying for the experience. You're paying for the opportunity to have that mm-hmm. experience in a place that is known to provide that.
1: And just be exposed to really cool history but and too. cool people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that, you know, we don't understand the mental state of every single person walking around. Yeah. And I think yeah. after a pandemic... I would say majority of people's mental states are kind of fragile. Um, we're getting back to normal life. We you know we were kind of all rocked to the core. But when you introduce the wrong type of person to this particular hobby, um, and everything seems to be a a experience, a paranormal experience, that can send some shock waves into their life that yeah. leads them down a road that's not so healthy at home.
0: There have been numerous private cases that I've had that have popped up that I felt like that's the case that right or like whatever's going on there, this is, there may be something paranormal happening, right? But there's too much stuff happening. That's not paranormal right. that I'm like, you need to call, uh, you know, call a counselor or a priest before yeah. you call a paranormal investigator, right. get that stuff in order first. Then you can worry about the paranormal side of things. right It's
1: like everything has a place, including the paranormal. So to take care of your own health, your own mental mm-hmm. health and, you know, Anything that goes in that c- category is important. You know, it's maintenance all over, not just in one particular yeah. bucket.
0: It, it's like if you have a leak, you know, yeah. in a pipe, and you're more worried about calling somebody in to mop up the water than you are to actually right. fix the broken pipe or fix the drywall before you get the pipe done. Right. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's different.
2: It's funny because you know I used to really enjoy going out and doing investigations and and and. What people don't understand is when you're on TV, then you have to really cut that back because a lot of people want you there for the wrong reasons. Hey, it
1: happened to me. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, I do. Somebody paid me to go to an event a couple states away, and the night before, I had some serious reservations. I'm like, I have this bad feeling. Somebody needs to come with me. You weren't in town. No. I And then the person that was supposed to come with me was like dropping out. Right. I was ready to call my ex-husband and be like, hi, take a ride with me. And... <laughs> I got there, and they paid me to show up, and nobody else is there.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: like I could have been kidnapped.
0: I've I've had that happen to me too, but it was for different reasons. It wasn't for investigations. Yeah, you invited um, <laughs> that. <laughs> no, but it, 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 you, I remember that situation clearly, and it's it. The, the problem is, is it's become, it's gone beyond the original intention of what it was, right? Which was to if you want to go all the way back, it was to help people communicate with those mm-hmm. who have passed on and, and to, to be able to prove that that communication is possible. Then as it's gone on, it, you know, it's kind of morphed into, you know, the helping people aspect of it is morphed into helping people realize that if there is something happening around them, that it's okay. And if they think that there's something happening and it's not letting them realize that there isn't anything paranormal happening, the problem is now it's just become so wide ranging that, There is no, there is no help that can be offered anymore because it might be that some people are calling you because they think you're going to get them on TV. Some people are calling you because they just want to have somebody, you know, validate that they have something weird going on. Like there's so many different reasons why that it's, it's ruined kind of the purity of what it was all about. But at the same time, that's also helping to make it more accessible to more people too.
1: I, see, there's so many different layers and I see so much just scrolling through social media. If I'm <laughs> boarded at an airport or a doctor's appointment or whatever, and <clears throat> a lot of people think like, oh, you're in it for the wrong reasons if you're not helping people. There are so many other reasons as to why you could be doing this, yeah. but that doesn't mean that that's the only way. I read a post today that um, was bashing someone for charging money as a medium to cleanse somebody's house and give it a reading and that no real medium on this planet would charge a dime to go help a family um, and cleanse their house and and give it a reading. And I took everything I had because these people put on events to not comment and be like, I am not gonna waste my entire day and, and my efforts and my energy and my abilities to go for free. Because if that were the case, my entire schedule would be filled up with God knows who and what. And I would be taken advantage of 100% of the time because all those cases are usually leading to mm -hmm. past loved ones that are are hanging around or or visiting. And the entire family ends up getting free readings.
2: mm -hmm. The question is, is, would you go to your job and work for free and not collect a paycheck?
0: But it's also it's an odd dichotomy because we're saying that for mediumship, it's okay to charge. But for paranormal investigation, it isn't. Right, and it, it, it's an and people will look at that and say like, why is one okay and the other one isn't? Well, the way I look at it is because one of them is a personal connection, mm-hmm. a personal thing. Whereas per, uh, if somebody's coming in and doing a paranormal investigation, it's just trying to say yes or no there is activity here. Right, it's not really up to them to determine who it is, what it is, and right. and, and why it's there. It, that's something that you can call somebody that has abilities in to zero in on a little bit more. And also, the paranormal investigator can't. Walk in, can't walk out, holding up a ghost by the tail like an exterminator right. can with a rat. Whereas <laughs> we a, tried to, we tried to. I know you. We, we there, tried to. There was a whole show about that. There was yeah. a whole show about that. Uh, <laughs> well, using screen doors wasn't going to help you, Uh but there was also. <laughs> <that's>, There's <laughs> other things you can do through screen doors, feeding up Taco bells. I'm, I'm still salty about. I'm still salty about that episode <laughs> where they're like, "Oh yeah, they're going to build a trap well, out of a screen door." Oh my god! You
1: wrote it, he did it. And I, I sat back and go I don't know what the heck happened with both
0: I I had nothing to do with the traps. <laughs> no. I, I did not write any of that part of the it.
1: The history you did. Yeah,
0: yeah, just the history. There were some um, good concepts there. There were good concepts. There were, but I was just like why would you that, that there's holes. Like yeah, there there's lots the of holes. Uh but the um it, you know the the idea of having a medium come in now that is you, you, there's there's some mental health aspects to yeah. that I think to some right. degree. You know the same reason why you can go to a psychologist you don't know if the psychologist is helping you or not mm-hmm. after the session but you're still plopping down the money for the session. Right. But if
1: you want to look at it in that aspect with that particular analogy are you going to a psychologist that just enjoys helping people and has never had an education to do so and they're just kind of like hey I'm a therapist uh, I have a podcast come and hang out with me or are you going to go to somebody that has a degree and has studied for X amount of years I'm, and is well known in their field. I'm and, not sure
0: which psychologist I went to. Probably more the first one than the second. Right, one. but
1: do you know what I mean. Like that's how. Okay, if if you're gonna contact me to do something like that, I have spent X amount of years mm-hmm. studying. Mm-hmm. I have spent thousands of dollars on an education. Right. On top of it, if you want to talk about my actual schooling background, I was a psychology major. But, so,
0: all uh, of these uh, things. But, but my point is, is you know, you 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 don't <laughs> expect them to. You know, you don't expect them to solve the whole problem right. with no, one session.
1: Absolutely not. And,
0: and the same, you know, the same with somebody that uh, offers mediumship is, you I know, mean, they can. I'm
1: fairly certain I could walk in and, and tell them what's going on at that moment. But I also let people know, um, like the Fearing House, when we went there, um, our whole aspect of that is the two houses next door to each other were connected for hundreds of years. So the spirits have jumped back and forth in between both locations. So if you showed up to one, they went next door when those people weren't home. So that's Mm -hmm. a possibility. And absolutely, like if we can't solve it in one time, like I'm gonna be honest with you, but I I say that before I even do anything. Um, Most of the time I can walk in and be like, hey, here's your issue, not a big deal whatsoever. I've done it for for corporations. Um, But if you're just having somebody that woke up and decided to watch a paranormal TV show and be like, yeah, I think I can do that, too, because a ghost answered me on a spirit box. I'm yeah. now a medium. And now you're charging. Well, it's weird.
0: That's one thing that I have noticed lately is when the tickets maybe aren't selling for the event so much, they suddenly develop mediumship abilities. They do, don't they? It's a
2: little bit odd. But there's one thing I was just thinking about while we were talking about the charging thing. You know, you pay like people that are buying homes. They they charge for a home inspection. Yeah. Okay. They're they're charging for an inspection. They're not. They're they're getting an inspection report saying yeah this is good or that's good. I mean, if someone charged for a paranormal inspection to say you know hey it could be haunted could not be haunted. I mean do you see? You, you know, know we're you gonna wake
1: up to tomorrow. Yeah. Facebook news feed. We're now offering paranormal home, home, home inspections. inspections. <laughs>
0: So there there that have just idea. like our
1: dinosaurs. Just
0: like the dinosaurs. Just like our dinosaurs. There have been people who have come out and put out their menu of services and how much yes. they charge for each. Like yeah.
1: funeral EVPs. Do you remember that?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I do remember that one.
1: I was horrified. Don't do that. Everybody at home.
0: But there's there's enough There's enough of I was going to use the word education, yeah. but there's enough information out there that people can start to train themselves in being able to investigate for the paranormal. And I think that that has, that has kind of lent itself into being a a concept, an idea that anybody can do it. And I don't know that anybody can do it. And right. I'm not trying to sound exclusionary at all. I'm not trying to yeah. sound like a gatekeeper at all. I just don't think that everybody is... Of the mindset to be able to do it. It's
1: like not everybody's cut out to be a real estate agent. No, everybody's cut out to be an electrician, a plumber, a nurse. I would say it even goes,
0: it even goes a little bit, even more basic than that because you're talking about who can dedicate and learn and and develop those skills. I'm talking about there's a connection. It's, What are you going to do when something happens? Right. That's, that's what it all boils down to. And if you're the kind of person that freaks out, Mm -hmm. if you're the kind of person that geeks out, either one of those two things can, can be negative in how you process it. So you have to really kind of be able to detach yourself from it a bit. Mm -hmm. And, and then of course the other side of it is, sorry, when you have to start investigating (laughs) like for cameras, like you can't be detached anymore. You have to, you have to go back to what that original emotion might've been that you would have had. So it, 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 again, not everybody can do it, but not, not everybody, not everybody is doing it for the same reason. Right. As we talked about in the first hour, some people just want that thrill of the chill. They want that endorphin rush. So I like that thrill, thrill of the chill. I wrote an article with that title like 15 years ago and, uh, and it's, it's stuck with me ever since because it, I didn't think about it as such. I when I started dealing with the paranormal I was like, well, so it's people that are into it just because they're, you know, they're trying to get answers to the questions. And then uh, one of my editors at the newspaper when I worked at the paper here, the editor said, "I'd like you to write an article about people who do things just for the purpose of being freaked out, like roller coasters and mm-hmm. you know all kinds of things mm-hmm. like that." So I was like, "Oh, and then I paranormal investigators fit into that." and i reached out i talked to steve gonzales for yep. that because you know he's a new bedford native originally mm-hmm. so it was a good tie in but um in talking about it like that kind of led to me investigating the differences in types of fear that not all fear is the same mm-hmm. and not all energies expended by all fears are the same so the biggest energy release that we have is anticipatory fear mm-hmm. it's 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 the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. And as a, as a psychologist told me, the worst ghost that you can imagine has to be worse than the worst ghost you will ever encounter. And, and I, I took that to heart when it comes to some of these investigations, and totally changed the way that I felt about things now, because it's like, well, what am I afraid of? Like, what's the worst right. thing that's going to happen to me? Because that's not going to happen. Correct. And unfortunately some investigators get into this because they're like, oh, I can't wait to get thrown out of a window by a ghost. That'd be so cool. <laughs>
1: I don't understand that. The,
0: the so it's 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 the Las Vegas area oh. code. <laughs> uh the other part of it is that the people there's there's a desire for us to have this connection with whatever these ghosts are. Right. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I know it's different for you because you see them and feel them and right. you can communicate with them a little bit more. But I also think that there is a An automatic acceptance on the part of most investigators that that what they're dealing with is a ghost, Mm -hmm. is a disembodied soul, Mm -hmm. is something else. And there isn't enough attention paid to the fact that we are creating these things. The more that, and and we're going to see this happen now that everybody's back out investigating these places, there's going to be places that had no energy for two years because nobody was in there putting out the, the thought forms. Mm -hmm. There was nobody in there putting out these, you know, these, these, these created ghosts that we were, again, not saying that we're, that it's, there's a difference between saying that we're, we're creating it with our minds and saying that it's only in our minds. Correct. Uh, And I'm not saying that it's in our minds. I'm saying we are creating these things and people have a reluctance to accept that as a possibility because I guess, because it's not, it doesn't prove that there's life after death. Right. But I think that that's just as fascinating. Oh, absolutely. I think, like you said, there's the people,
2: people look for validation of something. They're looking for answers to something that they don't have answers to, like life after death. But in doing that, I've always, the whole concept of manifesting something, I've always thought that when you get people in a location and and you give them that bit of history that you know on the location, so they have names and events and so on and so forth and then you start doing an investigation you've got some type of equipment out there uh electronic uh, in nature and you have this group of people that are all focused on that piece of electronic equipment and you're asking a question and you want it to respond and say a certain thing or act a certain way who's to say that that conglomerate of energy does not interact with that and create and manifest that
0: in the way of an interaction with the device i do that When I'm on investigations, I do that. I Mm -hmm. will sit and I will look at that and I'll say, I'm going to make that REM pod light up green right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I don't do it when everybody's like trying to communicate (laughs) with something like because that would be unfair. That'd be trying to, you know, rig the game a little bit. But I will like sit around and be like, well, that's on. Let me just see if I can make that turn green. Mm -hmm. And, and. I feel like there have been some times that we've had interaction where I think it's just that, that I think it's right. actually everybody focusing on it so much that it makes it happen, which I still think is just as cool as it it, is. it's a ghost. if you
1: think about it, so not to take away from religion or God or anything of that aspect, but the power of prayer, the power of positive thinking. So you're asking the more people that you ask to pray for one person for one particular reason, you know, somebody suffering, somebody sick, you know, we all need a miracle, we're gonna pray. I mean, yes, we're all hoping that, you know, God hears us and and answers that prayer, but the more people asking, the better the chance, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So that, that particular example, um, when we do table tipping or we do, I I teach in in my Reiki classes, pendulum, dowsing rods, things like that. um, You can move those all with your mind. Telekinesis is a real thing. So if we don't accept those things or we do in some way shape or form but we don't in every way shape or form it doesn't make sense so who's to say that we can't create something who's to say that mm-hmm. we can't uh, move something with our minds I know being a kid and like watching a pencil on a desk and like trying to roll it forward just for fun mm-hmm. um I think every kid must have done oh, yeah, that I'm sure, but I'm sure. it's I just easy to had do the, I
2: always had the pencils though with a little flat edges so it's harder
0: they wouldn't roll I'm as, as the round ones if I had a round one I could have done it I think you think so I think so
1: okay I'll teach you how to do
0: it. <laughs> we're, we're so much older than her. We had totally different writing instruments Totally than she different. Had. Wait, I had wait. those pencils. We had quills. <laughs> right. We had to dip, dip it in the inkwell. <laughs> Yes. The inkwell's right at the yeah. end of our yeah. disc. <laughs> Harry
1: Potter style.
0: Uh, one one of the thing like listen, I'm 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 positive. I know a lot of the places that you went mm-hmm. to for ghost asylum because I researched a lot of them. Right. And I'm positive that some of those places, they were ghosts that were created by mm-hmm. the living's mm-hmm. minds yeah. because of the tragic circumstances of the places, because of the dark scenes that they had on them, and because as I'm going through all these, you know, these newspaper accounts and, and all the information about these places, I said, gee. Like these stories are just so tragic, you would hate for them to have just ended the way that they ended. Right.
1: The other thing too is, we, we've talked a lot about this, especially lately, places like that, right? Everybody walks in or they purchase this place and they want it so badly to be haunted that they start talking about these things. And if it's not a thought form, the other option is some lower energy from down the street that, you know, might not have had a great life at mm-hmm. all, no connections, no ties, no families, just lived a really crappy life, hasn't moved on yet, is gonna come down and just start answering your questions right. no matter what. And so now you actually think that you're communicating with one when it's actually just somebody kind of messing with you just to get some interaction. Right.
0: It benefits it to pretend to be John yep. Washington. Yeah. yeah. The, so how do you, I mean, obviously you can discern right. in that regard, but how would you recommend that people who don't have those abilities be able to, to tell the difference or, or do they just have to be careful because they can't?
1: I think in some circumstances they can't because they don't have that, that ability to do so. I think, um, and I think they want so badly for it to be it that they might not use discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, asking it questions that it may not know the answer to if it weren't that person. You know, something that's not like, you know, who's the first president of the United States? Um, if you're you're talking about George Washington, but maybe something a little bit more obscure. You know, yeah. not common knowledge. Um,
2: that's. But do, you, but do you think that, possibly the ones that are more negative would be more openly to communicate, more often, more frequently, more readily available than those that were uh, the the real entity?
1: I think we had that conversation this week too. No. And I think that they have more of a reason to attach themselves to that particular situation only because that's what their purpose it's is. It's
0: symbiotic for them.
1: Um,
0: but it could, in my opinion, it could be just as much how needy the, the entity is. There's so
1: many layers. And when people walk in like, and we talk about this stuff in our events because we don't want people to just jump to X, Y, Z conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like if, We've been in place of like, oh, there's a child in this bedroom, and they're talking. It's like, no, no, that's not what that is. <laughs> um, well. You know, it's just a uh, in this this form.
0: And, right. and and that's where I think investigations and, and maybe even paranormal television is responsible, and they, they have to kind of set the tone here with this. But it it needs to be less about investigating toward the paranormal claims. And more about investigating where that source might be, because that's how you're going to figure out if it is or it isn't. So when you're going in there, don't be like, so, and I'm going to use Lizzie Boyd as an example, you know, don't, don't talk about the, so Lizzie, you know, we hear that, you know, there might've been abortions that happened in this house and, you know, like don't bring in those things that wouldn't be verifiable to that, to that person, talk to the person that they were, or they still are, but talk to that person as opposed to talking to the legend. Right.
1: And you know, Being open-minded to any type of information that you're going to get, whether it fits your agenda or not, whether it fits your preconceived notion about the entire location and haunting and and history, you know, be open and aware that anything can happen.
0: By the same token, though, stop trying to rewrite all the history that people have done, too. Right. That drives me up a wall more than anything is when people are basically saying, I have new information that nobody else has. Well, there's a reason why nobody else has that. Right. And while you're the only one. Yeah. Uh, it, it's driven me crazy for a long time. I, I also, again, I, I don't like gatekeeping where it's like, hey, nobody can come and investigate the Bridgewater Triangle because right. we already investigate the Bridgewater Triangle. But also by the same time, by the same token, if you are going to come in with new ideas, be cognizant of what it was that w- that happened. Nothing was Nothing upset me more, and again, I won't name names, but nothing upset me more when somebody came in to an outsider came to the Bridgewater Triangle and said, I have this brand new theory of the Bridgewater Triangle. Mm -hmm. It's actually alive and it's growing and it's more than a triangle. And I was like, Have you heard Spooky South Coast since 2006? (laughs) Because go
1: back about 10 years at that time.
0: That's pretty much, read my book. Yeah. Like, this is pretty much what we've talked about we've for We've actually talked
1: about it directly with the man who coined the term Bridgewater Triangle. No.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I said it in the documentary.
1: Right. So, I mean, it's, it's funny, but I would never go into somebody else's territory and be like, I have a new idea of what your entire hometown, you know, represents and what it's like. Because it's just silly. Like, and it's disrespectful to people. I
0: think the, the you know, the plan of attack is you reach out to the people who've been doing it for a long right. time. Yeah. And you say... This popped into my head. What do you think about this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Have you looked into it? And then, you know, maybe, maybe that conversation does turn out with, you know, I don't know anybody's ever looked at it from that perspective before. Uh, But that's, that's the problem is it's become too much jockeying for position Yes, that the the, the actual research is suffering as a result of it. I think
1: so. Absolutely. And I know we've seen this lately with these little mom and pop type places pop up and like, Hey let's historically research it, but we're not going to allow you in. We're only going to allow in certain people. And it's like the the location should be the priority. The yeah. history should be the priority. Uh, not ego, not a popularity contest, not gatekeeping, nothing. It just should be like, if you're going to be responsible and run a place like that, you have to allow everybody in. I think, you know, we talked about ways to, to really vet people that are coming in. And I think that's important just for the, The preservation of the location and the people that are walking through there. But um, it's become really interesting.
0: I mean, I've reached out to countless places over the years and said, you know, we've heard stories that there is uh, potential paranormal activity where you are. Mm And if you're interested in pursuing it, it may be a new avenue for yeah. you for tourism. And I usually try to approach it. And I always say, feel free to look me up. You mm-hmm. know, here are my credentials that I'm going to present to you. But at the same time, feel free to dig in a little bit more or ask some people. And I can give you references. And right. I can give you other locations that I've worked with that will vouch for me. And I feel like the more transparent you can be, the better off yes. that it is. Right. Uh, I can't imagine that all these people that are doing these things are being that transparent and the people who are letting them in aren't doing their due diligence because it wouldn't take very long to realize like, oh, this might not be the best person for this.
1: We've actually had, mm-hmm. we've done events at places where nobody's ever done an event before. Mm-hmm. We've had to sit in front of state boards, um, write up proposals. Uh, it's it like we've jumped through hoops to get to some places. And the minute that we're done with our event, people will call them and say, hey, we're friends with Scott and Stephanie. Yeah. Um, we got your information you know, can we be the next ones in there? We're like and we actually tell them beforehand, like oh, yeah. people will do this. Please contact mm-hmm. us and let us know. And they will and we're like, we have no idea who those people are. Yep. Yep. And it's bizarre.
0: I mean, we've think about the times that we've had it happen here where people have gone to places and said that they are representing spooky South Coast. Yes. Going to, you know, cemeteries or places they're you know, they get caught trespassing and they say, We're here for WBSM spooky South Coast. And then the police call us and say, why are you telling people to go to this location? Please stop them. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, first of all, we weren't even talking about that. Right. I have no idea who these people are. Mm-hmm. And it, it, believe me, it doesn't take, it's not hard for us to find out if you do that. Right. Right. And who you are. Because <laughs> all the local police departments listen to this show.
1: Yes. They'll uh, actually drive by and wave most of the time.
0: Yep. They're sitting around. I'll never forget the night we were driving. We we were Matt and I would dr- drove in together. Yeah. Matt Costa and I. Moniz drove his own car, and we we kind of always did it that way. We used to in the early days we would all carpool together, but it just became a matter of like we didn't want to all have to like wait for each other or whatever. Yeah. So Matt Costa and I had ridden in together. Moniz took his own car, and on his way home he hit a deer. I, I mean,
1: remember
0: this. The deer, like he hit a deer doing like hundred and ten miles an hour because oh Moniz gosh. drives like crazy. Yeah. And he 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 said he actually remembered hitting the deer, watching it explode in front of him, and then seeing the head go over his sunroof. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, it, the radiator was up to the steering wheel, and wow. it was all covered with with uh, with fur. fur and stuff. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I know. Oh, sorry, a little bit of a gross visual. But the state <laughs> trooper <laughs> who pulls over and helps him. Is Matt Moniz, I was just listening to you on Spooky <laughs> South yeah. Coast, and then there was another time that he he I think his car broke down and uh and and it was the same thing the cop that that pulled him over was like, "Oh, you're Matt Moniz from Srorkie South Coast. I, I was just listening to your show yeah yep. like it 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 happens when we've we've had them reach out to us to help with cases, even though we we can't really talk about it publicly right, right. so yeah, they do listen. so if you try and drop our names, we're gonna know about it yes, always so don't it always comes back. <laughs> <laughs> the the other part of the way things are, are are changing I've noticed is there are people getting into this for the first time now because during the the pandemic when everybody was staying home they were experiencing things for the first time in their homes. That they, you know, they might not have noticed it before because they were running around, they were so busy. But the more time they spent at home, the more they realized things were going on. That led to them looking into it more, to research it more, to find out that these things are happening. And now we have a new wave of first-time people that are out Mm -hmm. there doing these investigations. And all I'll say is I hope that the folks who have been doing this for a long time are understanding of that. Mm -hmm. Because these people are not only early in their investigative career for lack of a better term, they're also early in their kind of acceptance and understanding of this. So many of us have been into this topic for so long that, you know, it it becomes a matter of, you don't remember what it was like anymore to be that person that was new into this. And I I hope that the patience is there for for these new people. Because we've run into it many times at at different events we put on where people just don't have the patience to deal with people who don't know what they're doing. Well, we all started somewhere, and and you have to remember that that there's
2: people coming in here who have who have never had an experience or have never been down the road of questioning that that we've been down, uh, and so they're they're going to make some of the same mistakes that we made when we first started, you know, and and they're going to learn from those. Or you can you can be a teacher and share the knowledge because there's no reason to keep it to yourself. Share it with them and and help them along the way because you never know that may be the next great thing that has a great discovery.
0: I, and I've said it for a long time. The amount of years that you have in this doesn't really mean that much. No. If somebody has an interesting new idea or a new concept. Right. You know, at the same time, uh, we also have to point out that just because you just started doing this, you can't put yourself on the same level as somebody who's been doing it for 40 years either. There's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, if you're doing the same thing the same way over and over and over again for 30 years, you're not progressing. You're not doing anything. Like, you're not even trying. You're just, Mm -hmm. hey, my way is the only way, and that's all that works. And, you know, your way is wrong. And it's like you have to be open-minded. There's been things that you and I are like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And we've tried it, and then we're like, well, you know what? Since, I mean, we're just different. You know, you start tinkering with things and and your engineering mind just starts going and I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't deal with that stuff, but I can help you with the spiritual aspect and like mixing it together. Like you guys have threatened to put me in a cage for years. (laughs) The two of you, we
0: are going to build that. That, that We're going to build that spirit machine. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've got the blueprint still somewhere.
1: So, you know, stuff like that starts happening. We're like, okay, how (laughs) can we, how can we, make this different or better or, you know, move it along a little bit faster yeah. and get progressive results or different results than what other people are doing.
2: I mean, even from a research standpoint, it's it's funny how people look at history because they look at what's in front of them right now and they look at those buildings and they, and they think, oh, well, there was a building there before there was something that happened there before. But if you you, you have to dig deeper and you get into that history that goes back to the beginnings of of, of the time, of the nation, or, or whatever the case may be, or even before that time. And, and you look and say, okay, this site right here was, this site was a location that was sacred to a whole different group of people that existed. And, and that, that site is now being used for something completely different, which may explain why you're getting some of the interaction you're getting. And mm-hmm. if you don't dig deep into those, those papers or that research that has come about, I mean, I've got a book at home that um it's all about uh, tennessee history and 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 the settlement of tennessee and and i'm reading through it and it's it's the writings of the people who actually settled the area and it's their journal entries and in some of the stuff that i read in there i never knew it and i grew up there and so it's it's intriguing to to see that stuff and then to be able to connect it to
0: a, a place that you've investigated the other side of that though and it's something because we've only got about two minutes left we can't get into it but there's there's also something that's been going on called that I like to call paranormal appropriation too Mm. where people are uh not not every spirit that you encounter has to tie into the history and right. sometimes people are, are are thrusting identities upon spirits and I am not right. talking about just, you know, the names. I'm talking right. about like where they might have come from and their associations with the properties. Yeah. Uh, because it seems sexier that way. It does. It's much sexier to have, you know, the 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 tragic figure of that location than it is to have what might be the actual truth. Right. But again, that's for Something. Other, another story yeah, we'll get time. into that some other time
1: we can do a whole other episode just on that we one sure I can. think
0: yeah and and it, and it really is it really is becoming uh, an epidemic in yeah. the paranormal world
1: I was gonna say that but I was like maybe too soon yeah here we are
0: no, you can say epidemic. I wouldn't say I wouldn't use pandemic. There's a shot for that. We're tired of that. <laughs> we're tired of that for a while. All right. Well, we will uh, We will be back in a couple of weeks. We're going to take the next couple of weeks off. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we've got some exciting things planned. Hopefully, we'll have some special guests coming into the studio as well. And of course, as, as we get closer into the summer months, that means we're getting closer to spooky season. It's, only, it's hard to believe it's right around the corner. We'll start talking about our bridge Toronto Triangle annual investigation show Which uh, from what I understand This year we might have some mosquito issues So we might have to do it sooner rather than later Ugh. But we'll talk about that next time Until then stay spooktacular